Act Five of Love in a Bottle by George Farquhar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Five, Scene One An Antechamber in Lucinda's House. The flat scene, half open, discovers a bedchamber. Lucinda in her nightgown and reading by a table. Enter Roebuck, groping his way. On what happy climate am I thrown? This house is love's labyrinth. We have stumbled into it by chance. Ha! An illusion. Let me look again. Eyes, if you play me false. Looking about. They will pluck ye out. Tis she. Tis Lucinda. Alone. Undressed. In a bedchamber. Between eleven and twelve o'clock. A blessed opportunity. Now with her innate principle of virtue defend her, then is my innate principle of manhood not worth tuppence. Hold, she comes forward. Lucinda comes forward, reading. Unjust prerogative of faithless man, abusing power which partial heaven has granted. In former ages, love and honour stood as props and beauty to the female cause, but now lie prostitute to scorn and sport. Man, made our monarch is a tyrant grown and womankind must bear a second fall roebuck aside ay and a third too or i'm mistaken i must avert this plaguy romantic humour while virtue guided peace and honour war their fruits and spoils were offerings made to love and tis so still for bow with earliest cherries mister's grace and soldier offers spoils of flunder's lace ha huh. protect me heavens what art thou a man madam what accursed spirit has driven you hither the spirit of flesh and blood madam sir what encouragement have you ever received to prompt you to this impudence roebuck aside hmm. i must not own the reception of a note from her aloud fate madam I know not whether to attribute it to chance, fortune, my good stars, my feet, or my destiny. But here I am, madam, and here I will be. Taking her by the hand. Lucinda, pulling her hand away. If a gentleman, my commands may cause you withdraw. If a ruffian, my footman shall dispose of you. Madam, I am a gentleman. I know how to oblige a lady and how to save her reputation my love and honour go linked together they are my principles and if you'll be my second will engage immediately stand off sir the name of love and honour are blessed by thy professing em thy love is impudence and thy honour a cheat thy mean and habit show thee a gentleman but thy behaviour is brutal thou art a centaur only one part man and the other beast roebuck aside philosophy and petticoats no wonder women wear the breeches aloud and madam you are a demigoddess only one part woman t'other angel and thus divided claim my love and adoration honourable love is the parent of mankind but thine is corrupter and debaser of it the passion of you libertines is like your drunkenness heat of lust as t'other is of wine and off with the next sleep 
No, madam, a hair of the seam is my receipt. Come, come, madam, all things are laid to rest that will disturb our pleasure. All nature favours us. The kind indulgent stars that directed me hither wink at what we are about. Twelve duty a fortune to be no idle, and she, like a true woman, once balked, never affords a second opportunity. I'll put out the candle. The torch of love shall light us to bed. To bed, sir? Thou hast impudence enough to draw thy rationality in question. Whence proceeds it? From a vain thought of thy own graces, or an opinion of my virtue? If from the latter, know that I am a woman, whose modesty dare not doubt my virtue, yet have so much pride to support it, that the dying groans of thy whole sex, at my feet, should not extort an immodest thought from me. Your thoughts may be as modest as you please, madam. You shall be as virtuous to-morrow morning as e'er a nun in Europe. The opinion of the world shall proclaim you as such, and that's the surest charter of the most rigid virtue in England is held by. The night has no eyes to see, nor have I a tongue to tell. One kiss shall seal up my lips for ever. That uncharitable censure of women argues the meanness of thy conversation. Roebuck aside. Her superior virtues always be into coldness. Slife! It can't be twelve, sure. Night's a liar. Draws out his watch. Sir, if you won't be gone, I must fetch those shall conduct you hence. Passing by him towards the door, she perceives the jewel tied to the watch. My eyes are dazzled, sure. Pray, sir, let me see that jewel. Roebuck, aside. By heavens, she has a mind to it. Aloud. Oh, tis at your service with all my soul. Wrong not my virtue by so poor a thought. But answer directly, as you are a gentleman, to what I now shall ask. Whence had you that jewel? I exchanged watches with a gentleman, and had this jewel into the bargain. He valued it not. "'Twas a trifle from a mistress.' "'A trifle,' said he. "'Aside.' "'Oh, indignation! Slighted thus! "'I'll put a jewel out of his power, "'that he would pawn his sword to retrieve.' "'Aloud.' "'If you be a gentleman, sir, "'whom gratitude can work up to love, "'or a virtuous wife we claim, "'I'll make you a large return for that trifle.' "'Roebuck, aside.' "'He did. A wife, said she. What's your name, sir? And of what country? My name's Roebuck, madam. Roebuck? Roebuck, aside. Stith, I forgot my instructions. Aloud. Uh, um, Mockmode, madam. Roebuck Mockmode, my name and surname. Lucinda, aside. Mockmode, my squire! It can't be. But if it should... I made the better exchange. Aloud. Of what family are you, sir? Of Mockmode Hall in Shropshire, madam. My father's lately dead. I came lately from the university. I have fifteen hundred acres of as good fighting ground as any in England. Aside. Twas lucky I met that blockhead today. The very same. And had you any directions to court a lady in London? Hmm. How should I have found the way hither else, madam? Aside. What the devil will this come to? 
Lucinda, aside. My fool that I dreamt of, I find a pretty gentleman. Dreams go by contraries. Aloud. Well, sir, I am the lady. And if your designs are honourable, I'm yours. Take a turn in the garden till I send for my chaplain. You must take me immediately, for if I call, I'm lost for ever. Exit. I think I am become a very sober Shropshire gentleman in good earnest. I don't start at the name of a person. Oh, fortune, fortune, what art thou doing? If thou and my friend will throw me into the arms of a fine lady and great fortune, how the devil can I help it? Oh, but sooner does marriage. And, but there's money. Oh, but there are children squalling children ay and then there are rickets and smallpox which perhaps may carry them all away oh but there's horns horns ay but then i shall go to heaven for tis but reasonable since all marriages are made in heaven that all cuckolds should go thither but then there's leanthe that sticks i love her witness heaven i love her to that degree i shall whine presently i love her as well as any woman and what can she expect more i can't drag a lover's chain a hundred miles by land and a hundred leagues by water fortune has decreed it otherwise so lead on blind guide i follow thee and when the blind lead the blind no wonder they both fall into matrimony going enter leanthe oh my dear auspicious little mercury let me kiss thee go tell thy charming mistress i obey her commands exit her commands oh heavens i must follow him going re-enter lucinda page page leanthe aside oh my cursed fortune balked again aloud madam Call my chaplain. I'm to be married presently. Married so suddenly? To whom, pray, madam? To the gentleman you met going hence just now. Oh, heavens! Your ladyship is not in earnest, madam. What? Is matrimony to be made a jest of? Don't be impertinent, boy. Call him instantly. Leanthe, aside. What shall I do? Aloud. Oh, madam! suspend it till the morning for heaven's sake mr lovewell is in the house i met him not half an hour ago and he will certainly kill the gentleman and perhaps harm your ladyship lovewell in my house how came he hither i know not madam i saw him and talked to him he had his sword drawn and he threatened everybody pray delay it to-night madam no i'm resolved and I'll prevent his discovering us. I'll put on a suit of your clothes, and order Pindress to carry her nightgown to the gentleman in the garden, and bid him meet me in the lower arbour, in the west corner, and send the chaplain thither instantly. Exit. Hold, fortune, hold. Thou hast entirely won, for I am lost. Thus long I have been wrecked on thy tormenting wheel, and now my heart-strings break discovering who i am exposes me to shame <laughs> then what on earth can help me
Enter Pendress. Oh, Lord, Page, what's the matter? Here's old doings, or rather new doings. Prithee, let you and I throw in our twopence apiece into this marriage lottery. You'll draw nothing but blanks, I'll assure you, from me. But stay, let me consider of the business. No consideration. The business must be done hand over head. Well, I have one card to play still, and with you, Pindress. Takes her hand. You expect, though, that I should turn up trumps. The Anthe aside. Oh, no, not if I shuffle right. Aloud. Well, Pindress, tis a match. Be gone to the lower arbor at the west corner of the garden, and I'll come to thee immediately with the chaplain. You must not whisper, for we must pass upon the chaplain for my lady and the gentleman. Haste. Shan't I put on my new gown first? No, no. You shall have a green gown for your wedding in the arbor. A green gown? Well, all flesh is grass. Make haste, my spouse. Fly. And will you come? Will you be sure to come? Oh, my little green gooseberry, my teeth waters at ye. Exit. Now chance. No, thou art blind. Then love, be thou my guide and set me right. Though blind like chance, you have best eyes by night. Exit. Scene two. A room in Widow Bullfinch's house. Enter Lovewell, Brush, and Servant. Mr. Lyric abroad, sayest thou? And mock mode with him? All abroad, my mistress and all. I don't understand this. Brush, run to Lucinda's lodgings and observe what's doing there. I spied some hasty lights glancing through the rooms. I'll follow you presently. Exit Brush. Can't you inform me which way they went? Perhaps Mr. Mockmode's man can inform ye. Pray, call him. Mr. Club. Mr. Club. What, is the fellow deaf? No, sir, but he's asleep and in bed. Mr. Club. Mr. Club. Club without. Ugh. Yawning. I'm asleep. I'm asleep. Don't wake me up. Oh. Here's a gentleman wants ye. Exit. Enter Club with his coat unbuttoned, his garters untied, scratching and yawning as newly wakened from bed. Poxy, your London breeding. What makes you waken a man out of his sleep that way? Where's your master, pray, sir? Ah. Oh. "'Tis a sad thing to be broken of one's rest this way. "'Can you inform me where your master's gone?' "'My master? Ah. Uh. "'Stretching and yawning. "'Yes, sir, your master.' "'My master? Ah! Uh, what o'clock is it, sir? "'I believe tis past midnight, for I have gotten my first sleep. Uh. "'Thou art asleep still, blockhead. Answer me, or—' Where's your master? Ah, uh, I had the pleasantest dream when you called me. Ah, uh, I thought my master's great black stone horse had broke loose among the mares. Ah, uh, and so, sir, you called me. Uh, and so I wakened. Sirrah! Striking him. Now your dream's out, I hope. 
zounds sir what do ye mean sir my master's as good a man as you sir dim me sir tell me presently where your master is sirrah or i'll dust the secret out of your jacket oh sir your name's lovewell sir what then sir why then my master is where you are not sir my master's in a fine lady's arms and you are here i take it shrugging has he got a whore abed with him he may be father to the son of a whore by this time if your mistress lucinda be one mr lyric did his business and my master will do her business i'll warrant him if of the right shropshire breed which i'm sure he is for my mother nursed him on my milk two calves suckled on the same cow <laughs> gramercy poet has he brought the play to a catastrophe so soon a rare executioner to clap him in the female pillory already <laughs> ay sir and a pillory that you would give your ears for i'll warrant you think my master's over head and ears in the irish quagmire you would have drowned him in but sir we have found the bottom on he may pass over the quagmire sirrah for there were stepping-stones laid in his way he has got over dry-shod i'll assure you pray sir did you not receive a note from lucinda the true lucinda to meet her at ten in her garden to-night why don't you laugh now ha <laughs> death rascal what intelligence could you have of that hold sir i have more intelligence you threw mr lyric's poem in a hurry in the park and jostled that sweet letter out of your pocket sir this letter fell into my master's hands sir and discovered your sham sir your trick sir now sir i think you're as deep in the mud as he is in the mire cursed misfortune and where are they gone sir quick the truth the whole truth dog or i'll spit you like a sparrow i design to tell you sir mr lyric sir being my master's intimate friend or so upon a bribe of a hundred pounds or so has sided with him taken him to lucinda's garden in your stead and there's a parson and all and so forth now sir i hope the poet has brought the play to a very good cata cata what do ye call him sir twas he i encountered in the garden said death tricked by the poet i'll cut off one of his limbs i'll make a sinaleffa of him i'll <laughs> two calves suckled on the same cow <laughs> nay that i begin with you drubs him zounds murder damn me zounds murder zounds runs off lovewell after him scene three the antechamber in lucinda's house a hat and sword on the table enter brush i have been peeping and crouching about like a cat a mousing ha huh? i smell a rat a sword and hat there are certainly a pair of breeches appertaining to these and may be lapped up in my lady's lavender who knows listens enter lovewell in a hurry what sir what are you doing i'm ruined tricked i believe so too sir see here shows the hat and sword by all my hopes roebuck's hat and sword this is mischief upon mischief run you to the garden sirrah and if you find anybody secure em i'll search the house i'm ruined fly exit brush roebuck 
What ho? Roebuck? Ho! Enter Roebuck, unbuttoned, runs to Lovewell, and embraces him. Dear, dear Lovewell, wish me joy. Wish me joy, my friend. Of what, sir? Of the dearest, tenderest, whitest, softest bride that ever blessed man's arms. I'm all air, all a cupid, all wings, and must fly again to her embraces. Detain me not, my friend. Hold, sir, I hope you mock me, though that itself's unkind. Mock you? By heavens, no. She's more than sense can bear or tongue express. Oh, Lucinda, should heaven... Hold, sir, no more. I am on the rack of pleasure, and must confess all. When her soft, melting, white, and yielding waist within my pressing arms was folded fast, O lips were melted down by heat of love, and lay incorporate in liquid kisses, whilst in soft, broken sighs we catched each other's souls. Come, come, Roebuck, no more this extravagance. By heaven, I swear you shan't marry her. By heaven, I swear so too, for I'm married already. Then thou art a villain. A villain, man? Pshaw! That's nonsense. A poor fellow can no sooner get married than you imagine he may be called a villain presently. You may call me fool, a blockhead, or an ass by the authority of custom. But why a villain, for God's sake? Did you not engage to meet and fight a gentleman for me in Moorfields? Did you not promise to engage a lady for me at the fountain, sir? This Lucinda is my mistress, sir. This Lucinda, sir, is my wife. Then this decides the matter. Draw! Throws Roebuck his sword and draws his own. Prithee, be quiet, man. I've had the business to mind on my wedding night. I must in to my bride. Going. Hold, sir. Move a step, and by heavens I'll stab thee. Put up, put up. Pshaw. I aren't prepared to die. I aren't. Devil take me. Do you really dally with me, sir? Why, you won't be so unconscionable as to kill a man so suddenly. I haven't made my will yet. Perhaps I may leave you a legacy. Pardon me, heavens. If pressed by stinging taunts, my passion urges my arm to act what's foul. Offers to push at him. Hold. Taking up his sword. Deceivest making peace, they say, with sword in hand. I'll tell thee what, Ned. I would not lose this night's pleasure for the honour of fighting and vanquishing the seven champions of Christendom. Permit me then but this night to return to the arms of my dear wife, and fate and truth I'll take a fair trust with you to-morrow morning. What? Beg a poor reprieve for life? Then thou art a coward. You imagine a contrary when you employed me to fight for ye in Moorfields. Will nothing move thy gall? Thou art base, ungrateful. Ungrateful? I love thee, Ned. By heavens, my friend, I love thee. Therefore, name not that word again, for such a reputation would overpay all thy favours. A cheap, a very cheap way of making acknowledgment, and therefore thou hast catched, which makes thee more ungrateful. My friendship even yet does balance passion, but throwing the least grain more of an affront, and by heaven you turn the scale. Lovewell, pausing. No, I thought better. My reason clears. She's not worth my sword. A bully only should draw in her defence, 
for she's false, a prostitute. Puts up his sword. A prostitute? By heaven, thou liest. Draws. Thou hast blasphemed. Her virtue answers the uncorrupted state of woman, so much above immodesty that it mocks temptation. She has convinced me of the bright honour of her sex, and I stand champion now for the fair female cause. Then I have lost what not on earth can pay. Curse on all doubts, all jealousies, that destroy our present happiness by mistrusting the future. Thus misbelievers, making their heaven uncertain, find a certain hell. And is she virtuous? Sound the bold charge abroad, which does proclaim me guilty. By heavens, as virtuous as thy sister. My sister? Ha! Huh, I fear, sir, your marriage with Lucinda has wronged my sister. For her you courted, and I heard she loved you. I courted her, tis true, and loved her also. Nay, my love to her rivaled my friendship towards. And had my fate allowed me time for thought, a dear remembrance might have stopped the marriage. But since tis past, I must own to you, to her, and all the world, that I cast off all former passion, and shall henceforth confine my love to the dearest circle of her charming arms, from which I just now parted. Enter Leanthe in woman's loose apparel. I take you at your word. These are the arms that held you. Oh, gods and happiness! Leanthe! My sister! Heavens! It cannot be! By heavens it can, it shall, it must be so. For none on earth could give such joys but she. Who would have taught my joys could bear increase? Love well, my friend. This is thy sister. Tis Leanthe, my mistress, my bride, my wife. I am your sister, sir. As such I beg you to pardon the effect of violent passion, which has driven me into some imprudent actions but none such as may blot the honour of my virtue or family. To hold you no longer in suspense, t'was I brought the letter from Leanthe, t'was I managed the intrigue with Lucinda. I sent the note to Mr. Roebuck this afternoon, and I... That was the bride of happy me. Thou art my sister and my guardian angel, for thou hast blessed thyself and blessed thy brother. Lucinda still is safe and may be mine. May, she shall be thine, my friend. Where is Lucinda? Enter Mockmode. Not far off, though far enough from you by the universe. You must give me leave not to believe you, sir. Oh, madam, I crave you ten thousand pardons by the universe, madam. Zounds, madam. Oh, damn me, madam. Offers to salute her awkwardly. By your leave, sir. Thrusts him back. Ah, cousin Mockmode. How do all our friends in Shropshire? Now, gentlemen, I thank you all for your trick, your sham. You imagine I have got your whore, cousin, your crack. But, gentlemen, by the assistance of a poet, your Sheely is metamorphosed into the real Lucinda, which your eyes shall testify. Bring in the jury there. Guilty or not guilty? Enter Lyric and Trudge. Oh, my dear Roebuck! Throws off her mask, flies to him, takes him about the neck, and kisses him. And faith is it you, dear Joy, and where have you been these seven long years? 
Zounds! Hold off, steel iniquity. Telianthe. Madam, your pardon this? Indeed, I won't live with that stranger. You promised to marry me, so you did. Ah, oh, sir. Now he's a brave boy, God bless him. He's a whole armful. Lord knows I had a heavy load of him. Guilty or not guilty, Mr. Mockmode? Tis past that. I am condemned. I am hanged in the marriage noose. To trudge. Hark ye, madam. Was this the doctor that let you blood under the tongue for the quincy? Yes, that it was, sir. Then he may do so again. For the devil take me if ever I breathe a vein for ye. Mr. Lyric, is this your poetical friendship? I had only a mind to convince you of your squireship. Now, sister, my fears are over. But where's Lucinda? How is she disposed of? The fear she lay under of being discovered by you gave me an opportunity of imposing Pindress upon her instead of this gentleman, whom she expected to wear one of Pindress's nightgowns as a disguise. To make the cheat more current, she disguised herself in my clothes, which has made her pass on her maid for me and i by that opportunity putting on a suit of hers passed upon this gentleman for lucinda my next business is to find her out and beg her pardon endeavour her reconcilement to you which the discovery of the mistakes between both will easily effect exit roebuck to lyric well sir how was your plot carried on why this squire will you give me leave to call you so now this squire had a mind to personate lovewell to catch lucinda so i made trudge to personate lucinda and snap him in this very garden to mockmode now sir you'll give me leave to write your epithalamium my epithalamium my epitaph screech owl for i'm buried alive but i hope you'll return my hundred pound i gave you for marrying me no but for five hundred more i'll unmarry you these are hard times and men of industry must make money here's the money by the universe sir a bill of five hundred pounds sterling upon mr ditto the mercer in cheapside bring me a reprieve and tis yours lay it in that gentleman's hands mockmode gives roebuck the bill the executioner shall cut the rope goes to the door and brings in widow bullfinch dressed like a parson here's revelation for you pulls open the gown oh thou damned whore of babylon what pope joan the second were you the priest of the poet's ordination ay ay before the time of christianity the poets were priests no wonder then that all the world were heathens how do you like the plot would it not do well for a play to roebuck my money sir no sir he belongs to this gentlewoman gives it to trudge you have divorced her and must give her separate maintenance tis another turn of plot you were not aware of mr lyric re-enter leanthe with lucinda and pendress you have told me wonders here are these can testify the truth this gentleman is the real mr mockmode and much such another person as your dream represented i hope madam 
you'll pardon my dissembling since only the hopes of so great a purchase could cause it let my wishing you much joy and happiness in your bride to testify my reconciliation and at the request of your sister mr lovewell i pardon your past jealousies you threatened me mr lovewell with an irish entertainment at my wedding i wish at present now to assist at your sister's nuptials at my last going hence i sent for them and they're ready call em in then an irish entertainment of three men and three women dressed after the fingalian fashion i must reward your sister mr lovewell for the many services done me as my page i therefore settle my fortune and myself on you on this condition that you make over your estate in ireland to your sister and that's gentlemen tis done only with this proviso brother that you forsake your extravagances brother you know i always slated gold but most when offered a disordered bribe i scorn to be brave even to virtue but for bright virtue's sake i here embrace it embracing leanthe i have espoused all goodness with leanthe and am divorced from all my former follies woman's our fate wild and unlawful flames debauches first and softer love reclaims this paradise was lost by woman's fall but virtuous woman thus restores it all exeunt omnes epilogue written and spoken by joe haynes in mourning i come not here our poet's fate to see he and his play may both be damned for me no royal theatre i come to mourn for thee and must these structures then untimely fall whilst the other house stands and gets the devil and all must still kind fortune through all weathers steer em the beauties bloom their spite of edicts rear em vivitur ingenio that damn motto there looking up at it seduced me first to be a wicked player hard times indeed o tempora o mores i knew that stage must down where not one whore is but can you have the hearts though pray now speak after all our services to let us break you cannot do it unless the devil's in ye what arts what merit hadn't we used to win ye first to divert ye with some new french strollers we brought ye bonaceres barbacolars mocking the late singers when their male throats no longer drew your money we got ye a eunuch's pipe signor ramponi that beardless songster we could ne'er make much on the females found a damn blot on his scrutchin an italian now we've got of mighty fame don sigismondo fideli there's music in his name his voice is like the music of the spheres it should be heavenly for the price it bears twenty pounds a time he's a handsome fellow too looks brisk and trim if he don't take ye then the devil take him besides lest our white faces always mayn't delight ye we picked up gypsies now to please or fright ye lastly to make our house more courtlier shine as travel does the men of mode refine so our stage heroes did their tour design to mend their manners and coarse english feeding they went to ireland to improve their breeding yet for all this we still are at a loss o oh, collier collier thou'st frighted away miss cross 
she to return our foreigner's complacence at cupid's call has made a trip to france love's firearms here are since not worth a souse we've lost the only touch-hole of our house losing that jewel gave us a fatal blow well if this audience must jaw haines undo well if tis decreed nor can thy fate o stage resist the vows of this obdurate age i'll then grow wiser leave off playing the fool and hire this playhouse for a boarding school do you think the maids won't be in a sweet condition when they're under joe haines's grave tuition they'll have no occasion then i'm sure to play they'll have such comings in another way end of act five end of love in a bottle by george farquhar